Um, why don't you, uh, if you've got a Bible with you, why don't you head in the direction of Acts and chapter 11. Uh, for those that don't know, know me, my name's Steve, uh, one of the leaders here. We are uh, continuing our preaching series, preaching through the book of Acts, um, and calling it uh, Neighbourhoods to Nations, just that sense of uh, something that starts in our neighbourhood, your new reaches out and, uh, and to the nations. Uh, and if you're, uh, if you're new to, uh, to church or to, um, to the Bible, then uh, Acts fits in just after the Gospels. Uh, in, <clears throat> excuse me, in chapter 1, Jesus ascends into heaven, having resurrected. Uh, he ascends into heaven. In, in chapter 2, we see this uh, wonderful community just uh, the Holy Spirit coming and this wonderful community just birthed and uh, extraordinary things happening uh, in chapter 2. In chapter 3, we see more healings going on. Uh, in chapter 4, we see persecution coming, people, Christians being persecuted for their faith uh, and questions being asked. Uh, in chapter 5, there is more healings and more persecution. You begin to get a theme here in chapter 6. Uh, Stephen is arrested uh, and then stoned in chapter 7. Uh, in chapter 8, uh, it says this bit here that, uh, uh, and Saul approved of killing, killing him, speaking of Stephen. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. But people keep coming to know Jesus. In chapter 8, we've got the story of Philip and the Ethiopian encounter. This kind of, uh, it's not chance encounter, but there's this, this wonderful encounter where uh, this man just becomes on the road, just gets to know Jesus and gets baptized. Uh, and then chapter 9, dramatically, this man Saul, who we just spoke about, who had been persecuting the church and approved of uh, you know, Stephen being stoned, uh, dramatically comes to faith as well. And then he becomes the hunted. Uh, and then we pick it up in chapter 11, uh, we're looking at this week, and verse 19. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading swing only among Jews. And so persecution here, it's in, it's in full swing. Stephen, was, <coughs> excuse me, Stephen had been stoned only a, a few chapters uh, previously, and so these Christians, they flee from Jerusalem to Antioch and other places uh, and uh, to, really to get away from this persecution that's going on. And so they are, my first point is they're scattered. Yeah, they'd been gathered in Jerusalem and uh, come to faith, and then they're, they're scattered. And that's also a picture for us, isn't it? A picture of, of how we are. We're scattered. If we think back to the beginning of, uh, of the Bible in, in Genesis 1 and 2, in the garden, the way God created the world, there was, there was harmony, and uh, there was unity between man and woman, and between, uh, between man and woman and God. And then we see sin enter the world in, in Genesis 3, and, and we see a scattering. We see relationships fractured, relationships between God and, and people fractured, relationships between, uh, between man and woman fractured, and, and there's suddenly there's difficulty. Our relationship with God fractured. It looks like game over. Sin has entered the world, and a relationship with God fractured. And then, but then back to the early church, we look at this, <clears throat> this situation. The first time these, these Christians have ever uh, really been without Jesus and suddenly they've been, they've been squeezed, you know, there's, there's real persecution, people are losing their lives. 
thought, well, their lives are on the line, and they scatter, and they flee. And uh, the authorities, they probably thought, well, this is it. This is job done. You know, we've kind of squeezed these people, and we've squeezed, and, and oh, we see, we see people dying. Oh, that's it. That's what it took. They've, they've, they've scattered. They've, they kind of thought, job done. You know, we've, we've got on top of this uprising or uh, whatever was going on here. We're on top of it. It's game over for this movement. How can they come back from this? They've been scattered. Well, <clears throat> if we look at verse 20, some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and started with turn to the Lord. And so my point is that <clears throat> what started with scattering is always with a purpose for God to gather his people. What started with persecution, in this case, and, and people being scattered and fleeing, was with the purpose of God to gather his people. It's been God's plan all along, since Genesis 3, where that sin entered the world and people were scattered, relationships were fractured. It was with God's plan was immediately to gather his people, to gather a people to himself. In the, uh, in the West, we live in a very individualistic culture, don't we? A very kind of me me first, mine, me first, and uh, we're all consumers much for some reason. You know, if you don't like what you're getting, you complain, or you, you know, if you think you're paying too much for something, you, uh, you know, you, you might, you want better service, you might change providers for whatever that is, um, and, uh, uh, and that, that thinking, if, we, if we're not careful, it can, it can shape the way we view church, and we can think, well, um, I'm a consumer, I'm just here to kind of, to kind of dip in, and, uh, and, and, you know, don't want to cost me too much. I just want to kind of dip in and, 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 and have a little bit, and, but, but don't, I don't want it to cost me too much. And it's so prevalent in society that it can enter our thinking when it comes to the church. We might not even notice it. It's a, a good picture of what happened with COVID, isn't it? We were scattering that to our homes, into our, into our front rooms. And, uh, uh, you know, we, uh, during that time as a church, we used YouTube and so on. Um, and uh, but it wasn't really church, was it? You know, we weren't together. We were separate in our homes, sitting, watching on a, uh, on a screen, kind of consuming it. But it, it, church is about gathering. It's about gathering a people. That's God's intention, to gather a people. Uh, don't, don't feel the need to turn, but in Acts chapter 15, in verse 30, so much, you know, a few, few chapters ahead of this, um, it, uh, it says, uh, So the men were sent off and went down to Antioch. This is just after the Council of Jerusalem where they've kind of heard what's going on in Antioch, and uh, you know, it sounds like together, things are happening, and uh, uh, the men were sent off and went down to Antioch, where they gathered the church together and delivered the letter. The people read it and were glad for its encouraging message. That letter was really just the, uh, the Council of Jerusalem having heard what's going on in Antioch, uh, being reported back and saying, oh, okay, yeah, it, it sounds like there's genuine faith going, going on here among these Gentiles. This is wonderful. So this, uh, and you know, you don't need to get circumcised, so who wouldn't be encouraged by that, by that letter? But uh, my point is that this, this church were, were gathered. They were gathered, yeah? They gathered the church together and delivered the letter. So it wasn't just a, a, a sort of a, a bunch of people in Antioch who, who'd come to faith and uh, some sort of loose group of people. They were a gathered people. They were a gathered church. Great, it says great numbers of people were brought to the Lord. And, and we too, though, though sinners, and though we've been scattered because of sin in one sense, we've been brought back to him, brought back to Jesus because of the cross. 
We're no longer scattered because if you know him, we've been gathered back to him. We've been adopted into his family. We've been gathered to himself. Sin paid for. Mistakes wiped away. We're made holy and righteous because of what Jesus did at the cross on our behalf. So he's gathered us back to himself. What are people once scattered? Here it said, back to himself. And for us, as a, as a church here at City West Gathering, it looks, like, it looks like on Sundays we gather like this, and life groups primarily. There are other ways, of course, but primarily it's Sundays and life groups. And so let's be, let's be a people who make those a priority. Make, I, I know this is on a Sunday when a few are away, and I, I get that, but <coughs> life is busy and family is important, but let's not be a people who accidentally fall into the wrong, the wrong sort of thinking and think, oh, well, uh, you know, it worked so well for me during, during uh, COVID, just, you know, kind of dipping in online and listening to the podcast or, or whatever. I'm just going to kind of do that because it's, it's not going to cost me too much. It's so easy to get into that thinking. That's the way the world thinks. Think, what if you kind of, if you want to do something, you, uh, you look at it and you, maybe a, a holiday and you think, what's it, what's it, what's it going to cost me? What's it going to cost me? And what's it going to, what's it going to give me? And is, is what it's going to give me going to be worth what's it going to cost me? We kind of do this cost-benefit analysis, don't we? When we're making decisions, we think, is, it going to, is what it's going to, going to give me going to be worth what it's going to cost me? And, and I just want to say, it's so, it's so prevalent in culture with all, all the decisions that we make. And in some sense, that's right. But let's not let that thinking enter how we view the church and the body because that's not, that's not the way. That's not, that's not how God designed it to be. I'm, a, um, I'm an introvert. You might not believe me. Ask my wife. I can imagine she's an extrovert, so you can imagine the conversations we ha- I'll say conversations. <laughs> you can imagine, uh, oh gosh, uh, you can imagine, you know, her wanting to communicate with me and talk, and, you can, and therefore an introvert is kind of, just leave me alone. Just, just, just leave me alone. And um, it's a bit extreme, but uh, what's my point? My point is that um, I get... For me, coming to a, a crowd of people or, or where there's kind of social conversation, it, it takes energy, okay? It's not my natural. My natural is a walk with a dog. You know, he doesn't demand too much from me, just a, a biscuit, you know. And, and a, um, but my point is that coming to, to life group and church, it, it costs something. It costs something of all of us, even if you're an extrovert. But it, what it, if you're an introvert particularly, it can cost something of us. But let's not get into the thinking of, oh, it's what it costs me. Oh, I don't... I don't I don't get back, it doesn't feel like it's worth it. Let's not get into doing a cost kind of benefit analysis. We're here for something bigger. We're here for something bigger than ourselves. Let's continue on. Verse 22. News of this church reached Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas, <coughs> Barnabas to Antioch. So here, people are getting saved. People are coming to know Jesus. And, and Jerusalem, they want to know what's going on. And so they send Barnabas. Verse 23, when he arrived, he saw what the grace of God had done, and he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. The Lord, man full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. So we have got scattered, gathered again, and they're on mission, these people. And so we're not just here to gather. Yes, gathering is important, but but it's more than that. It's not just gathering an inward community that turns in on itself. We're gathered and we're, and we're on mission. Mission to talk about Jesus. It really is that, that simple. It, it, they just started by sharing their faith. So they hadn't been, hadn't, been, these hadn't been believers very long, and they just started talking about Jesus. They didn't have Bibles in their hands, right? They just started talking about Jesus. 
And uh, we can all do that, really, isn't it? Or just that simple. Talk to people you know about Jesus. You don't need to make it complicated, or you can just share your experience. And if you don't know who to, to do that with, then just start by inviting them. Just start by inviting them into your home, inviting them round your table. These people, they hadn't done any, any sort of training. They didn't have a, you know, they, they'd heard about Jesus, they knew him for themselves, and they told other people about it. It really is that, that simple. We can all do that. They're ordinary men and women. They don't, they're not even named. We're not even told who these, who these people are. They're just ordinary men and women have had their lives transformed by Jesus, and they tell other people. It's extraordinary. We can all do that. You know, uh, we've used this language before, everyone a witness, in, in the sense that in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a church like, like ours, in a, uh, people, of, people of God, but believers, family, that we're all a witnesses. It's not as though it's up to the, the confident extroverts to go and, and, and tell people about Jesus. Actually, it's, we've all met him, and so we're all witnesses. We're all witnesses to what he's done in our lives, and that'll be unique to what he's done, to what he's done in your life. It'll be unique to you, won't it? We're all witnesses. And the saving work of God, sorry, excuse me, and the saving work was done, in verse 23, by the grace of God. It was done by the Holy Spirit. And so we're a church that firmly believes in the grace of God, grace-filled in that I can't do it on my own. I'm not, I, need, I need the Holy Spirit. I need God. I need grace. We're not, it's not dependent on my performance. Grace, grace, it says no to ungodliness, but it's in a response to what God has done for us. And so we're, we're, we live under grace, that it's not, it's not dependent on our performance, that we get it wrong sometimes. And yes, we try and say no to ungodliness, but not to earn anything. It's because of what we, having freely received this gift of grace, it's a response to what God has done for us. We're reliant upon him. It says in verse 21, the Lord's hand was with them. Left to our work of the house, we're, we're dead in sin. And so it's a miraculous, someone, when someone comes to faith, it's a miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. It's not our, our clever words or our wise and persuasive words or our, our kind of perfected delivery of the gospel or, well, this is what Jesus has done for me and, and kind of tweet. It's just a, it's just a very plain this is, I'm a witness, this is what he's done for me, this is my life, and this is my life now. It's, it's, a, it's a miraculous work of the Holy Spirit when someone comes to faith. And that's wonderfully um, liberating, isn't it? Because maybe you've been, you, you look at your own life and you think, oh, it's a, how can I ever measure up? How can I, I, I keep getting it wrong. I'm, look at, look at my, my, my track record, look at my, my history, and how can I ever measure up? But it's, a, it's, a, it's the saving grace, that we kindness of God to save you and I Jesus dying on a cross, paying the price that we couldn't pay. It's not, it's not dependent upon us. It's a, it's a wonderful work of the Holy Spirit. But when it com- also comes to sharing our faith with our friends, I can think, well, I've got to, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of figuring it out. I'm still trying to understand, understand my, my Bible, and there's lots of it I don't understand. And how can I, how can I start by telling, telling somebody else who doesn't know Jesus about him? When I, I haven't really figured it, figured it all out, and I've still got questions. The answer is we just we share our experience. We share what we have witnessed, and it's a, it's, a, it's a work of the Holy Spirit. It's a miraculous work of the Holy Spirit when somebody comes to faith. When each of us came to faith, it wasn't uh, the person that brought you who told you. It was, it was the Holy Spirit. It, wasn't your, it was the Holy Spirit at work in your life that brought you to faith. And therefore, if you follow my thinking, there's no, nothing that we do as a church that, that is more important to pray about than evangelism, Right? And that people would come to know him 
because it's a work of the Holy Spirit. It's a sovereign work of the Holy Spirit. So let's be praying for people to come to faith, people to discover him and, 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 and meet him. When we gather next Saturday, yeah, next Saturday morning, we're going to gather to pray. Uh, we do this once a month. Let's be praying for, for people to come to faith. As we pray in life groups, let's be praying for this. It's massively important. Um, and with that in mind, actually, we're going to pray for, at the end of the meeting, we're going to pray, as we did last week, pray for people to be filled with the Spirit. Because sharing our faith, it requires boldness and so on, but it requires the Holy Spirit in us to do it. And so we're going to pray for people at the end to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that might sound scary or complicated. You might, not, you might have questions around that, and that's fine. We're happy to, to, to we can chat about those, we can answer those. Um, and it might sound complicated, but it's really not. Um, Jesus says in John chapter 7, Let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant his spirit. So simply the requirement is to come and be thirsty. So if you're thinking, oh, do I, do I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? of thirst mean? Um, and am I good enough? Have I figured it out enough? The requirement here is to be thirsty and to come to him. And so I say, we're going to pray a really simple prayer at the end. Just come Holy Spirit, for those who, uh, uh, who want to, to receive. Uh, no pressure. Okay, so we've got sc- they've been scattered, they were gathered, they were on mission. Point four, they learnt. Verse 25. When Barnus, Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So they were taught by Barnabas and Paul for revival every. So let's be a people who sit under the Word of God. This is why we preach from the Bible every Sunday. It's why we do word sheets for life group to follow up because uh, we believe in, in it, we believe this can this can and should shape us and speak into our lives and every situation in our lives. So let it let it shape us as a community. Let it shape us as individual disciples. And then my last point, they cared. Verse 27, During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. They did this as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. They did this, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. So there was, there was mercy and generosity going on here as well. They hear that there is a famine and uh, uh, they want to help. Each one is they're able to, to help and provide need. And I want to encourage us too as a, as a community, uh, you know, perhaps in, in life groups. Uh, life groups are really just small groups that meet in people's homes during the week so that we're not just kind of passing ships on a Sunday once a week and, and that's it, but it's digging into the Word deeper and community and one anothering and caring for one another and supporting for one another and praying for one another. Um, let us be a community that when we... Or in the life of the church that somebody's struggling and uh, maybe someone's struggling to pay bills or uh, that, that we, look, we, we try and find some way to, to meet that need together as a community. Maybe even a neighbour, you know, where you live, you, you, you just get speaking to them and hear them, them struggling to, to pay bills, especially at the moment, you know, with inflation and uh, uh, fuel poverty and all these things, that we, 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 we're those that are mindful of just mercy and need and try and, and try and meet it. Mercy and generosity and try and meet a need. 
And I know, I know as a church, a lot of this happens already, just in the, uh, the one-anothering that goes on in, in life groups and that we may never get to hear about. There may be, there are, I'm sure, I know, just one the stories among us of people just meeting need and stepping in and, and helping situations that, that we may never get to know. And there's a, there's a rightness in that. You know, we don't want to, uh, you know, kind of blow trumpets and so on. But um, in this season especially, let's just be mindful of those among us who are uh, in need. Sometimes we do things together as a church, uh, you know, when we're aware of a particular situation and in part when, we, when you're, you give, you know, the red envelopes that are in your seats, when you give in part, we, look, we kind of have a, a pot of money that we like just to give if we know the particular situations that are in need of financial help uh, with food or something, we like to do that as well. In Ukraine, we've been emailing this church, uh, I know as well about how we can each uh, get involved, how we can practically help but my point is, this church, there was mercy and generosity. They, they saw a need, there was a famine coming, there was mercy and there was generosity. There were a church that cared. Let us be a people like that. Yes, we were once scattered, but we, because of the cross, we've been gathered back to him. But not gathered for our own benefit, gathered, gathered on mission, gathered to continue sharing our faith, to see other people come to know him. Let's be those who sit under the word, who allow the word to shape us as a people, shape us as individuals. Sometimes that might be uncomfortable, you know. Some of the stuff it says here is, un- is, is difficult, it's uncomfortable. But it's God's word to us. Let it, let it shape us as disciples. And then lastly, let it, let it shape our actions. Let it shape that we care where there's, where there's needs, we're those with mercy and generous hearts. Joe, could you come back up? We've got a bit of time to pray for people, as I said. This, um, this fledgling church, you know, it really was a, 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 a young fledgling church. As, as, we, as we read, it was the first place that uh, Christians were called Christians. Before that, they were just called followers of the way. And, uh, and Christians, in a way, was a little bit of a kind of a mocking term. It was that they coined it, really, just because they kept speaking about Christ. So Christians kind of seemed like the obvious church uh, name for them. But... Imagine it was a, they had no real uh, model for church. It was just quite organic. People fled from persecution, arrived in Antioch and other places, and just started telling people about Jesus, and suddenly people are coming to faith. And uh, it must have been wonderful, but it must have been chaotic, yeah? I mean, there's no structure, there's no, there's, there's just, it's just, oh, what's happening? Oh, God, God's with us, and, and people are coming to faith. It must have been uh, chaotic, uh, just loads of new believers, you know, and obviously when, you know, that's, that can be messy, can't it? Just all these different stuff going on, a mix of cultures and ethnicities. It must have been wonderful, but it must have been absolute chaos. Uh, the fact that he, that Barnabas has to tell them to remain true to the Lord in verse 23, and the fact that him and Paul stay there for a year to teach them tells us all we need to know, right? It was obviously uh, wonderful, but it was obviously messy. Um, and... Uh, uh, Barnabas, you know, when he, when he went, and he, he could have easily just sort of reported back, oh, it's a mess. Just let, let's, let's just have nothing to do with what is going on here. It's a, it's a mess. It's chaotic. Um, but he sees that God is, is working. He saw the grace of God at work among them. He sees God's grace at work. And that's just... Uh, and so he saw the work of the Holy Spirit among them. And so that's why I want to pray for the Holy Spirit to now should we stand it's that sense that it's not an excuse for 
chaos. I'm not, I'm not here saying, yeah, chaos. I'm, I'm saying, actually, what's more important is the Holy Spirit. I know we're not the best organized. I'm not the best organized. But what's needed is the Holy Spirit. The key, you know, he didn't chide them for their lack of organization. He encouraged them that God was among them. Holy Spirit was working among them. And so I want to pray, maybe for the first time or for the umpteenth time for you, for the Holy Spirit, to repeat those words of Jesus. He said, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. It might mean letting go of your skepticism, receiving with faith whatever God wants to do this morning trusting him that uh, as Jesus says when we ask for something good he will not give us something bad this isn't just a prayer for uh, new believers you know come Holy Spirit this is a uh, a prayer for old believers too you know it's uh, the Bible speaks about being filled and go on being filled and uh, so uh, just going to pause for a few moments. Joe's going to continue to play and uh, just the opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You might just want to, there's no particular formula for this, you might just want to reach out your hands just as a way of uh, saying to God, I, I need you, Lord, I can't do it on my own. I need your Holy Spirit. You might want to ask somebody uh, you came with or, or near you just to, to pray for you or you might just want to be on your own and I'm just going to pray a really simple prayer which is just come Holy Spirit and then we're going to move into a time of worship if you want to talk there we'd love to uh, be prayed for afterwards there'll be uh, one or two of us just uh, the, uh, the side there we'd love just to chat and pray with you my hands are up I, I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life I want more boldness and confidence to share my faith in my life. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the gifts of your Spirit. We thank you for the saving work at the cross. Lord, we want to. We thank you that we're we're gathered back to you, Lord. That we're no longer a people who are scattered, but we're gathered back to you. We. We get to gather to you, and we're a people on mission, Lord. But to, to be on mission, to be changed by your words, to be those who are full of mercy and generosity, we need your spirit. And so we pray, come, Holy Spirit.